This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, and I'm your host for today's program. Work, well, whether it's in the home, the church, the community, corporate world, we would all agree that it consumes the majority of our waking hours. And you know, it excites us, but it also overwhelms us. It gives us purpose, and it provides for us. But did you ever stop to consider that your work is a gift of grace from God? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about our work, and our guest today is going to help bring insight into our topic, grace and vocation, as we continue our series in Living by Grace, based on a book by that title. It's written by pastors and theologians, missionaries, ministry leaders, and we're so happy to have back with us today, Mark Ray. Mark is the Vice President of Community Development with Grace School of Theology and Executive Director of the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. He has spent 25 years in church and parachurch ministry in associate and senior pastor positions and served as COO of a major evangelistic organization. Mark, it's so good to have you back. Carmen, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, it seems only appropriate that we start a discussion on work with the one who started it all. And of course, that is the Trinity. Uh, We can learn a lot from Scripture, it seems, uh, that sheds light on how God felt and feels about work. Absolutely. Um, If you go all the way back to Genesis, let's start at the beginning. Yes. And actually, you can trace work all the way through the Scriptures Mm. uh, up until even the eschaton, the end times. But if you start back in the beginning, what did God do at the very beginning? The Trinity created the world. Was that work? Mm. Absolutely. And how did God pronounce his work? (laughs) It's good. (laughs) It's good. It's good. good. We see God all throughout history as working. And even Jesus, who says, I am working now, even as my Father in heaven is working. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of work starts all the way back in the garden, all the way back at the beginning. Mm. Well, and the fact that God enjoyed his work, he declared that it was good, it, it, it makes sense that he would want to share that joy, uh, the satisfaction of work with mankind, uh, because we're created in his image. So what kind of work uh, did he remind us? What kind of work that he called uh, Adam and Eve to perform in the garden? Well, it's a great question because the first two workers, mm-hmm. beyond God himself, the first two, first two workers were Adam and Eve. And if you remember, going back to Genesis 1, 26 through 28, the Adamic covenant, he makes a covenant agreement with Adam. First thing he says is, be fruitful and multiply. Now, we usually wrongly associate the word fruitful with having children. That's true. Be fruitful and go have children. Yeah. Actually, that little Hebrew word, para, means be productive. So the first command to man in the, in the Adamic covenant is go be productive. Yes. And one of the reasons why you have children is so that there are other producers. Producers, there are that's other, right. <laughs> other ones who can be productive and who actually are productive in God's kingdom, in mm-hmm. God's garden. He then says, go subdue it. Go have submission over it. 
Yeah. If you go to Genesis chapter 2, he places man in the garden Mm -hmm. to tend it and keep it. A huge part of the responsibility we have as workers in God's kingdom is to tend and care for his creation. Mm, That's work. But it's work that we partner with God. Isn't that an amazing thing to think about? God allows us to partner with him in work, in the joy of that work. So all the way back at the beginning again, the pattern for work is set, and it's set by God himself. Yes, yes. Well, let's talk about the effect then that the fall had on work, uh, because we know things changed a bit. Yes. But let's, let's make sure we notice, first of all, that work was in play before the fall. That's a good point. And it was a yes. good thing before yes. the fall. The fall and the curse on man was not a punishment. Work itself is not a punishment mm-hmm. for sin because work was there before the fall, and it was in play, and it was good. The fall had the effect to make work harder, mm. to make work more difficult. Mm-hmm. But notice, even in the curse on man himself, he's still tending the garden. Yeah. He's still, it, it's more difficult labor. Mm-hmm. God basically said, look, here's the garden. Any of it's yours. And it's an easy thing to harvest my garden, to tend it and keep it. The fall just put that, that situation on the man. That work became more difficult. Yes. It became harder to do. But I want to point out a very important fact. Okay. When man tills that garden and out comes thistles and thorns, mm. Christ wore a crown of thorns on his head at the cross to redeem man from that curse and to make his labors once again of ease in God's garden. It's, oh, an, it's an amazing wow. look at how Christ redeems us he personally, redeems but he redeems our work. Hmm. Isn't that a, a wonderful thing to see that oh, happen? Oh, it truly is. It truly um, is. And yeah. so, so seeing that that was in play before yeah. the fall, for us to be able to view our work the way God views our work, mm-hmm. an important part of tending to his creation gives you a completely different view of what work can be. Oh, it does. It does. Wow. Well, we know that God rested on the seventh day following creation and included the command to work and then rest in the Ten Commandments. So you point out that there's deeper meaning in the word work as God intended. Tell us, explain what, what your, your, the work of, of is really becoming service to God. Yes. Well, let me, let me point out one thing as kind of a lead into that. In mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes 2, 24 and 25, what we hear is there's nothing better for a man. There's nothing better for his soul than to enjoy good in labor. Even into Ecclesiastes, yeah. after the fall, labor's good. It's a good thing to be engaged in. But what we also see is the little word for work, avodah, can also mean service. It can also mean worship. Mm. When you combine all of that, our yeah. work is the place that we serve God. It's the place that we worship God. Have yes. you ever thought about your mm. work as the place that you worship God? Well, how? A very simple way to state it is this, we're to bring glory to God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The word glory means to actually have the physical manifestation of the character of God. And what better place to show God's character off than at work? Mm. Where do we need to see God's character? Oh, at work. At work. And and that makes sense because when we show grace in our job, show grace to others, maybe those who work for us, maybe to our boss who's being harsh on us, uh, our customers, et cetera, uh, 
that honors God. Yes. So that is worship Absolutely. of Him. Yeah. Absolutely. So we serve Him at our work, mm. and we also show Him off. We also show that worship yeah. of glorifying Him in our place of work. What mm. a better place to do it. And you know what? You could expound on that for hours. <laughs> you really could because you, then you start thinking about how, uh, you know, the 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 fact that we can't do our work on our own, but he empowers yes. us. And, yes. and there's, there's a different attitude. Oh, my goodness. We yes. could go on and on. <laughs> well, let's move on. You know, the God, God the Son, uh, we know from what we read in the New Testament, he continued his work. Uh, during his time on earth, and his apostles were all workers. Uh, can you give us some, a couple of examples from the New Testament of, of the stress that they put on work? Sure. Well, if, if you consider it, Paul was a tent maker. Mm -hmm. He supported himself. Um, you had Peter, a fisherman. He supported himself. The idea that your ministry was an extension of your work is a very definite part of the New Testament. So the place that they actually ministered to was the place in which they worked. Yes. I love the fact that Jesus tells Peter, follow me and I'll make you fishers yes. of men. He applied the idea of your work is where your ministry can occur. Mm -hmm. um, and, and from that, it places a whole different value on your work. I'm serving Christ here because this is the place he's given me to serve him. Yes. So let me put it in this fashion. Um, we see this throughout the New Testament. These guys were, you could call them bivocational, if you will. Mm -hmm. They worked, but they served. But the two of those things came together because they supported themselves. They yes. supported their families. Mm -hmm. They were able to give to the ministry of the church. All those mm -hmm. wonderful things that we have the opportunity to do today started back then. Yeah. Their work supported the effort of being able to do the ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and th that's still a significant part of what we do today. And again, the testimony of, well, we don't want to appear lazy or slothful. We want to make sure that people see us as, as you know, we're not asking you to, to take care of us and or not asking the government to take care of us. Sure. <laughs> well, and think about it from this standpoint. If we are supposed to glorify God, show off his character, are we showing off the character of a lazy God? Mm. Are we showing mm. off the character of a God who works and cares about the work that yes. he does? It yes. brings a whole new value oh. basis to your to your work. Yes, yes. And that, that brings me to that my next question about the entitlement mentality that we so often see today, which obviously doesn't align with God's will for us, does it? it does. Uh, and talk about talk about the uh, really, even Paul addresses that issue about working, doesn't he? Well, again, take it all the way back to the garden. Mm -hmm. Did we deserve to be able to work and tend in his garden? Mm, not at all. That's a gift of grace. Yeah. God's saying, I want you to partner with me in caring yeah. for my creation. That is an incredible gift of grace oh. that we didn't earn. We don't, we can't buy it. We don't, we don't warrant that gift of grace to yes. us. And yet God was gracious enough to turn his creation over mm -hmm. to partner with us to care for his creation. And you see that all the way through from Old Testament to New Testament. Uh, in fact, Paul even says in Colossians, this work is your service unto Christ. That's what I've given you, that gift of yeah. grace, is the place mm. where you actually can show off God himself and his character yeah. and, and su supply multiple, uh, uh, multiple needs with that. You can support yourself, you earn money, mm -hmm. you can 
have a roof over your head, food on your table, but you can still show the character of Christ there too. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just think that's a, a beautiful thing. And then Paul says, if you don't work, you don't eat, right? <laughs> well, so, that's <laughs> a really common thing or, or a, a very valuable thing to know. If, uh-huh. if you're going to be lazy and work, don't yeah. expect food on your table. Right, right, right. Good lessons for all of us. Yes. Well, how is our work meant to support the word work of God? Uh, because... Um, you know, we may have a, uh, a we work, may work for a corporation, uh, and we think, well, I'm not a pastor of a church, so how can what I do support what God is doing? Well, there's several ways that we could talk about that. Let me refer you back to the book of Philippians. Paul is in jail. Mm-hmm. Paul is giving thanks in that little book. It's a thank you letter to the church at Philippi for supporting him while he's in jail. Mm. Where do we think that money came from? Wow. People who worked. Yes. Who gave to the church, who supported the mission effort Mm. and the mission effort of Paul. Because when you're in jail, guess what? You have to pay for your own food. He was relying upon the outside help from believers Mm. to support his work. And by the way, didn't he share Christ with the entire Praetorian Guard while he's in prison. He was working. He was working. No matter his circumstance, Uh he was working. So what what our work gives us Mm -hmm. is the opportunity to support on multiple levels Mm -hmm. the work of Christ in the world. Yes. First of all, we can support the church. We can Mm -hmm. support above and beyond the church with our gifts and tithes and offerings. But it may also be the place, depending on what your work is, it is the place where, and this is one of the things we have a tendency to to forget, that if we do our work well, Mm -hmm. who are we showing off? Mm -hmm. God. And if we say we're believers, Mm. our testimony of what we do and how we do it shares with the world who God is and how we support that work. Mm. So it's work is work is the place. Yes. You said it in the intro. It's the place where we spend the majority of our waking hours. Would God not want that to be a place where he is known? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That would certainly be a priority for him. I think, too, about um, overseas missions. Mm-hmm. I know people are called yes. to that. And I, that's not a calling that, that I have experienced personally. But Dave Anderson encouraged my heart one day when he said, well, you know, but when you give to missionaries, or Absolutely. you give to churches who send missionaries, or you give to Grace School of Theology, who is training leaders around the world, it's as though you're going because you send money yes. uh, in prayer and those things that help in that work. It's the same way, Carmen, as God says, you're a partner with me in tending mm-hmm. my garden. Mm-hmm. By us supporting, we're partnering with the missionary by keeping him able to do the missionary work on the field. Yes. And if you think about it, go back to the word service for just a minute. The pastor serves God in the church. Mm-hmm. The missionary serves God on the mission field. Mm. The worker serves God in his place of work. Yes. We all serve God. It's just where we choose or where we may feel called or where God has, where has, has us. placed us. Yeah. That's our place of service mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. Each one of those is a place of work. Mm. None of them more important than the other. They're yes. the place we are called to serve God yes. in specific. So yes. again, look at your work differently today. Exactly. Um, and, and, and making sure that we're landing in a place where we see God has put us in this place to serve him. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, I, as I've mentored young women, uh, trying to decide a career paths or mm-hmm. where they're going to go to school and all those things. And I said, you know, you discover your gifts and your talents. You steward those well. God will place you where he wants you to use them. So it really, you kind of can't put the cart before the horse, right? right? You've got to determine how God equipped you and how you can use those gifts for his service. And keep this in mind. Your career path may be one in which he's building skill sets, talents, and experiences that may be used differently at different times and in different careers. Yes. I'm a perfect example of that. I was 25 years in business learning sales and marketing. Then I moved into the pastorate. Then I moved into an evangelistic ministry. Then I moved into a discipleship ministry back into the pastorate and now bringing all that experience to bear here at a seminary. So God never, (laughs) our our work and our experience is never void in God's eyes. Oh, no. I always say he doesn't waste anything. Because like you, I was in the corporate world for 17 years and then, you know, went into public policy work and, I mean, you know, just have been all over in ministry and but I look at each location where he placed me, and he taught me lessons there. No question. He helped me to develop the skills and gifts he's given me. And because I know in, sometimes in the moment you're thinking, well, I'm never going to use this. <laughs> but sure <laughs> enough, he takes you to the next spot where he needs you to be. Yes. And, and you find, oh, my goodness, I did need to be trained in that area. I, ne- I did need to learn that lesson of life. Well, and, and <clears throat> therefore, when you're in work, look at all of the experiences and the skills that you're developing as valuable yeah. because they may be used differently at different times and places. Yes, so. yes, yes. Uh, and there's such joy that, <laughs> that comes from recognizing that God is using all that he has given you and that he's not through giving you. He yes. just continues to to bring, to help you to really uh, develop new skills and... and uh, well, and uh, especially, Carmen, and uh, land the plane on this one here, when you look at your work as a gift of grace from God, yeah. then he's continuing to grace you with more experience, mm. more talent, more yeah. more opportunity to be used further down the line. Yes. Um, it, yeah, it, it is a whole new perspective on work itself. If, yes. if you're thinking about work as just a paycheck, you've got the wrong impression <laughs> about what God thinks about your work. And you know, he, he and he's trying to help us be more like Christ all the time. <laughs> all right? the time. Yes, All yes. the time. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I know even in my, my story, uh, I recognize that for a season, he put me on a shelf, Mark. I didn't have the job or the career or whatever yes. that I wanted because I had some lessons I needed to learn. And it was sort of a, a, a way of, uh, of discipline for mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. like, well, when you learn this lesson, then we'll see what's out there for you, right? <laughs> uh, you say our work has both instrumental and intrinsic value. Explain that. Well, um, very simply, instrumental value means your work is applied for a higher purpose. So I go to work and I use that work in order to be able to serve God. I use that work in order to be able to earn money to support my family. I use that work to support God in ministry around the world. That's the instrumental part of that. But the intrinsic value, and this is the really important one that we have a tendency to forget, or maybe not even understand, but the work itself has value to God. The work itself Mm. has value to God. Now, let me put it in this perspective. Mm -hmm. 
does God need me? Mm. <laughs> no. No. But does God desire to use me? Yes. So does God need bankers? Absolutely. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Now, can he do it himself? Sure. But the privilege of doing that therefore means that the work itself has intrinsic value to God. Mm. Mm. Working in the oil field, I pastored a church in Midland for a number of years. Yeah. Those guys who work in the oil field work incredibly hard, but here's mm. the deal. Mm. God blessed that area with oil under the ground and somebody has to get it out. Yes. God could get it out by himself. Right. But he chooses to use us. Therefore, the value of that work is intrinsic to the work itself. Mm. So what we see is the instrumental value by us working. Mm -hmm. We have all of these opportunities to be able to use our work for those purposes. Yeah. But we less less than we forget that the work itself has value. And yes. let me put it in this perspective really quickly. Yeah. That means if you're a pastor Everybody in your congregation that works, that work has value. And mm -hmm. it has value equal to your work as a pastor. Absolutely. Same thing on the mission field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you are, if you're looking at your congregation and you don't know what your congregation does, you don't know what their life is like mm. Monday through Friday at work, right. you don't understand your congregation. You right. don't understand the value of their work in and of itself to God himself. So if you're a pastor, let me encourage you, get uh, out there and get to know your people and know yes. them where they work Yes. so that you can understand and be more productive in your teaching God's word into their environment. Um, oh, that's that's yeah. intrinsic value. Yes. Um, knowing knowing that your that your work, the work itself matters to God. Mm -hmm. That's the intrinsic side. Well, and, and plus your congregation, each person needs to understand that they are valuable to God because no they doubt. because God has given them work that is valuable. No doubt. And uh, it's interesting, you know, you can look back on studies of employees mm -hmm. uh, and the number one thing they want to know is that their work is valued. Yes that they're needed on the job. Well, and so so let me put one more practical yeah. situation in here. When I was in business um, for, for 25 years, I never had a pastor come to my place of business. If I was mm. gonna talk with a pastor, a youth pastor, anybody like that, I yeah. had to go to the church to meet them. What does that say to me about the value of my work to the pastor? Mm. Right, right. It, it says to me, his work's more it, important than mine. Yeah. Instead, when I moved into the pastorate, I met them in coffee shops. I went and toured their factories. I got to meet them where they were. I understood the value of their work so that when I was actually preaching and teaching and ministering and yeah. counseling, I understood what they were doing. I understood where they came from yeah. and some of the value of that work. In fact, I had two members of my congregation that said, we are so glad you have work experience because mm -hmm. you understand how to run an organization. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly valuable to your yes. congregation, that, yes. they, that you're actually speaking their language because you know it. You've been there. You've seen it. So um, yes. a, a word of encouragement to get out there and be engaged in, in that work because that does tell your congregant their value to God because yes. of who they are. And, and, and their value to you as the pastor. Oh, no and, doubt. And, and then and then how uh, you can almost look at it from a selfish standpoint as far as the pastor is concerned, too, because it's going to help him be a better preacher. No. <laughs> right? Well, He's going to Well, especially delivering a message yes. to an audience that he knows. Yes. You bet. Yes. Sure. To be able to speak to the issues that he has seen, the issues he knows. That's, uh, absolutely. That's yes. really good, good advice. 
Well, in closing, how does God use our vocation and work uh, in and through us to make us more like Christ? It's a great, it's a great concluding question. So let me let me um, let me say it this way. You said it at the beginning, but but I'll ask this question this way: How many hours do you typically spend at church? A week. Yeah. Two, two three, four, four yeah. five, maybe. Yeah. How many hours do you spend at work? Yeah. Forty. Eight to fifty. More hours 60. a day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, by that virtue, where do you think Christ is going to show up to mm. teach you how to become more like Christ? In the where you spend three to four hours, <laughs> or where you spend forty to fifty right. to sixty hours. Now he'll where show you're up. Where you're challenged, right? Yes. And he'll show up both places. Yeah. yeah. But if you're going to be developing. As Second Corinthians three tells us, if you're going to be developed more into the image of Christ, one glory to another by the power of the Holy Spirit, one character trait to the next by the power of the Holy Spirit, don't you think that's going to happen at the place where you spend the majority of your mm. time? Yes. And where you're challenged to be more like Christ. Right. When you're in a comfortable environment, you're not challenged that much yeah. to be more like Christ. Yeah. But if you're put in front of a boss you have trouble with, if you're put in front of employees you're having to deal with, if you're having to exhibit humility, patience, grace, mm-hmm. love, joy, stress, stress yeah. if you're having to experience yeah. those, mm-hmm. isn't that the place where the Holy Spirit's going to begin to mold you and shape you into the image of Jesus Christ where you're out doing the work? Mm-hmm. And by the way, don't forget, what did Jesus do? He was a carpenter. He worked. Yeah. He knew the stress of that work and of providing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a beautiful place for us to see God wants to be in there with us. He's provided it for us. We can serve him there. And it's the place where I believe our workplace is the place where he molds us and shapes us into his image more than any other place. Mm. And it just makes sense that he would. And again, our topic today, you know, grace and our vocation, that's where his grace shows up no big doubt. time for us, doesn't it? <laughs> no, no you know? And, yes, and, those, but, and, and I'll say it again. Yeah. He's given us the grace of having that work, mm. but he's also giving the grace of being in that work with us. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. He never leaves us. Right. He empowers us for uh, every moment with all the skills. He gives us the job. That's one of the things I always point out, too. You know, we think, oh, I went out and I, I, I got this wonderful job. No, no, you didn't. God gave it to you. He, yes. His grace is amazing. Yes. And I loved this opportunity to really focus in on his grace in our work because uh, I think when you brought out so many points today that we just don't stop and think about. So thank you. Thank My you pleasure. for this insight. Thanks very, for the very helpful. Loved having you here. And you know we'll have you back. <laughs> uh, well, we are glad that you joined us today. We hope today's topic has stirred your interest to get into God's Word and learn more about living by grace. We also encourage you to get a copy of the book by that title, which you can find along with many other resources at gsot.edu. That's gsot. Well, we're so glad you tuned in today. Please tell others about Saving Grace. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. 
Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.